Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. My name is Sierra and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. From my crazy life to yours, it's time to share our experiences and get into those gritty details. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. Today we have the amazing Ashley here who has recently started her own surrogacy agency. So not only will she tell us her stories of her own surrogacy journeys, but she will go into loss as a surrogate, what goes into being a surrogate, and so much more. So if anything like that triggers you, please do not listen to this episode. Okay, so let's throw it back to 10 years ago. How the heck did you even get into the surrogacy world? I actually seen an ad on Facebook. So I happened to see, you know, like a needing surrogates kind of ad. And it, I don't know, piqued an interest in me. I was just kind of curious. So I looked into it for probably like, I'm going to say a year and a half of of research. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lot to go into it. Yeah. Well, there's like the hormone injections, I think were probably like my biggest, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do that. I'm like pretty squeamish with things. And I, I really wasn't, I wasn't even sure what that process looked like and mm-hmm. if I could even do that or if I would be, even be approved. Mm-hmm. And then one day while I was working at Lord Co. actually here in oh, Vernon, yep. I just had this like urge to just do it. It was like 6 p.m. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to fill out this application for this surrogacy and I'm going to see what happens. And like within like an hour, I think they had messaged me back being like, Hey, like so excited to hear from you. Here's like questions. And you know, do you smoke? Do you drink? All of those Mm -hmm. kind of things. And shortly after, I don't, I think it was maybe within like a month, Mm -hmm. I had passed kind of screening and been matched with a lovely couple from Spain, same-sex couple, Sergio and Alfonso, who are just just incredible. And then six months later, I was pregnant. (laughs) So pretty whirlwind kind of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And then in a previous episode with a woman named Dale, we talked about how you have to have your own birth. You have to have one successful birth. Yes. Good pregnancy, good birth before yeah. you can have another. So you do have a yes, seven-year-old. I as have well. a almost twelve-year-old son. Although he, I was just telling you how he is gigantic. Um, yeah. You know, for eleven, he's five ten. Uh, so crazy. So, yeah. Um, but definitely, that actually has changed uh, fairly recently. The guideline of having to have one pregnancy prior mm-hmm. to being a surrogate. Some clinics are, are willing to work with you if you haven't, mm-hmm. and you just have to go through further like psych testing and maybe mm-hmm. some more extensive sort of screening to make sure mm-hmm. that your body is capable of, of handling a pregnancy. But yeah, so that has recently actually changed. Well, I think that's actually really good news for yeah. a lot of people, and it raises a lot more opportunity for people too. Yeah, I think it it gives us a little bit more autonomy as women, uh, Mm -hmm. being able to be like, I want to do this and I don't want children of my own, but I would love to be able to give that gift to somebody else, but I know that I don't want to do that. So why should you be able to tell me that I can't give this gift just because I might Having not want to have kids. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. If, if you're in a mentally good place, like you know that you can handle mm-hmm. that process because surrogacy is not easy. There can be a lot of loss and and ups and downs and a lot of roller coaster experiences. Mm-hmm. So if you have the capacity to handle that and you know that you're not going to have an issue, you know, handing that baby back to their parents and you have a decent support system, 
then then why not? It's your body, your choice. Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of talked about how the couples that you helped in the past are all really awesome. Well, yeah. the first one at least was really yeah. awesome, right? So you just fell in love with helping people in their journey to parenthood and that has been really rewarding for you too right it has been it's been such a blessing in my life to be able to watch these men oh gosh uh, when they look at their baby for the first time Mm -hmm. oh it's like the whole world shifts yeah uh, to see somebody fall in love right in front of your eyes is just truly (laughs) you're getting emotional even talking about it (laughs) i'm just picturing the moments you know i'm like sitting here thinking oh heck you know like yeah such a life-altering moment and to Mm -hmm. be able to be a part of that to be Mm -hmm. able to help create that moment for these people is life-changing and I was hooked after the first one yeah absolutely Um, and you have only been a surrogate for same-sex couples too which is really cool it's it's been amazing you know I'm queer uh and something kind of drew me to to wanting to help the people in my community when you hear these men talk about how they never thought that they would get to be dads Mm -hmm. because they're gay because they love they love men and in a lot of the places where they're from that's super illegal (laughs) you know even adoption is not possible if you're if you're gay and to to hear their story and to see that moment for them to see their parents become grandparents Mm -hmm. uh, because I've also got to meet Oh, that's a few so of their cool. moms, yeah. which has been so, so wonderful. But to, to see that because those grandparents, they didn't think that they would get that experience either because of who their children love. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it's really wonderful to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. It's, it's really beautiful what you've been able to give to so many people. And so how many couples have you helped over the years? I have completed four successful journeys, but I have attempted two others that, that unfortunately didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Some miscarriages and failed transfers and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, four beautiful little girls across the world to mm-hmm. live in Barcelona and to live in Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Can you tell us about your first experience as a surrogate? You kind of went into it a little bit, but like how was the actual process from the hormone injections to the transfer, all of that? Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was wonderful, but, but a lot. It was pretty quick. Like the first one from sort of match to transfer, Mm -hmm. going through contracts. I remember getting, getting the contract and it was like 30 pages long and I'm sitting there like, holy shit. Yeah. And just being like, I think my brain's shutting down because it was just like sheer input overwhelm, you know, it's like, holy moly, this is too many words. And like a lot of heavy stuff. Cause you're talking about like potentially if you, you die, what happens if there's, you know, triplets and you know, you need to do a selective reduction. Oh my God. Um, I would have never thought about yeah, that kind of thing. Holy like shit. that's, yeah. you know, you have to take into <sighs> consideration all of the risks involved uh, mm-hmm. for you and for baby. What happens if the parents get divorced? Who, who gets the baby? You know, if this happens during a surrogacy journey, what happens if both parents die? Who gets the baby? There's so many really like intense, heavy things I'm in just this contract. Here, yeah. Like in awestruck for you, like, Oh my God, I would have I would have never thought about any of these no, things, it's, but it's so, it's so valid and it is so, it's so important. If too. you have to have it because yeah. like life throws curveballs and you don't know what 
to to expect and the last thing you want to do is be unprepared for something like that Mm -hmm. so it's better to talk about it and have those challenging uncomfortable conversations because Mm -hmm. they're important you know it really sparked like oh I need to you know I had to get a will and oh my gosh I'm and I had to get life insurance. I remember sitting in this life insurance yeah. office, this poor man, and I'm just like sitting there bawling my eyes out because yeah. like I'm thinking about my like tiny son at home and I'm just like <laughs> devastated. Oh my God, I'm going to die, yeah. you know? And I'm like, oh, so dramatic. Yeah. And how, how old were you? Oh gosh, was I... Oh my goodness, I'm 33. So like 23, 24? 23, 24, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. so pretty young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And feeling very overwhelmed by the sheer thought of that um, at all. But had lots of great, like, friends and support to, like, talk Mm -hmm. through it with. So that really helped. You know, the injections, too, ended up being, like, so much easier than, than I expected. But I actually had my first injection done by my landlord (laughs) was in the military and, and had experience like giving injections and things. And so I remember going upstairs and like knocking on their door and being like, Hey, (laughs) like, can you come, can can you you come inject me? You know? And, and him being like, okay. (laughs) It's just like super like, okay, like I can help you with that. That's that's totally not a weird request. Yeah. So he actually helped me do, I think, like the first three. And then I had to head to Toronto mm-hmm. for the transfer. And, and I had to do the other ones by myself. And I just like put on music that like kind of hyped me up, you know, and just did it. You just do it. And it didn't hurt. It was super like easy. The needles are small. So it's not like you feel a whole lot Mm -hmm. it was more afterwards like you get these like lumps and it's super uncomfortable the progesterone oil that it's it's so it's uh progesterone in some sort of oil so there's castor linseed all sorts of different kind of carrying oils Mm -hmm. so you inject that certain ones have different like thicknesses so they don't I'm going to say disperse the same. Hmm. And so you tend to like want to heat and massage and get the lumps uh, out because they can... Can they be permanent? They can last a hot minute. I've had some where it's like been months and months afterwards and I've still had lingering lumps, but usually they don't hurt that far out. You know, it's Mm. like while you're actively doing it, they can definitely be uncomfortable, Mm. but usually like massage is honestly, like I swear by it, like Mm. heating pad massage as much as you can. I guess to just disperse the... Yeah, you just want to... Exactly. That definitely helps. So, Mm -hmm. but like, I've done them... Mm -hmm. Gosh. So like how many journeys? Six. Six. So from like, but four successful ones. So from... 14 to 14 weeks so from a week before so we're at like 15 weeks in total I think for Holy some of them crap, yeah. one a day a couple of the journeys were two needles a day mm-hmm. so it can definitely be be a lot but like the needles are super quick and and really not th- that much in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. but it's yeah something that I think a lot of people kind of like overhype in their head I know mm-hmm. I do and I've been on an injectable medication for yeah. a little while now and at first I was like 
okay, here we go. Yeah. This is going to suck. This is going to be so bad. And then I was like, this needle is like a quarter inch. Like yeah. it's so tiny. Just stick it in, do your thing. You're, you're good to go. Like yeah. it's not nearly as bad as you think it is. But how did the transfer go? Because like with your first time doing the transfer, it must have been like, okay, like what do we do here? It was actually so awesome because the intended parents have like, were in Toronto with me um, oh. for transfer. So they actually got to be there. They came um, from Spain to do yeah, that? Yeah, so they, oh. they came uh, for some, uh, we'll call it a, a deposit, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and it happened to work out that, so they extended their trip a little bit, a few extra days so that it would line up so that I would be there for transfer. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so they got to like hold my hand and be there in the room and uh, you know, it was such a really like incredible experience. It worked first try, which was you know super wonderful. Uh, is, that, is that common? It, uh, you know, it it isn't. It isn't. I hate to say because I don't want anyone to to get their expectations or hopes up that it's going to work first try because sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had some where they did first try easy peasy and other times, you know, it's taken four attempts and a miscarriage and, you know, every protocol under the sun to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of depends. I feel like it's luck of the draw. It's quality of embryo. It's, you know, life yeah there's no guarantees yeah I mean even if you just think about regular pregnancy too Mm -hmm. the amount of people that have loss all the time it's very common so yeah more common than people talk about yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah I think it's it's just important to like talk about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and you know I'm sure someone out there is probably going to listen to this thinking about if they want to do it or not and yeah you just have to be honest about it so yeah yeah. I think realistic is is the important part of that you know let's be be open and honest about the process so that Mm -hmm. you don't feel so alone when it doesn't work the first try and you're sitting there on your bathroom floor crying because what's wrong with me that it didn't everybody else's work first try why didn't mine Mm -hmm. and that's just not the case you know there are other women other individuals who are sitting there on the floor going why didn't it work what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. and you're not alone and it's something that we need to be more transparent about yeah absolutely so with the pregnancy itself like what is that process like as a surrogate is there extra doctor's appointments or is it very much just like regular old it's pretty pretty (laughs) similar um you know you're kind of followed by the clinic um that you are working with up until about 12 weeks until first trimester's done Mm -hmm. uh then you're your doctor or your midwife takes over their care and yeah you just treat it like a normal pregnancy because it is you know it's it's how you would have any other pregnancy Mm -hmm. so you go to your your regular appointments you have your regular genetic testing Mm -hmm. you know if there's any complications and you go from there if there's anything going on with baby that maybe isn't so normal that's when things are a little bit different when you start to include maybe your intended parents on phone calls during the appointments or ultrasounds if possible and I mean you could do that anyway during your appointments if you want to and like I usually do near the end of like a pregnancy more when it gets really exciting yeah like at the beginning it's there's not a lot to to say it's hey how you feeling nauseous Cool. Here's some stuff yeah. on you about have your a day. Little apple seed size, yeah. Little you know. cells and you ready to go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you know, later on, totally, they can be involved in in all the appointments. But yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then for the birth, did they come for the birth and everything? Yeah. Oh. So they usually come 
I guess it depends on the couple, but all of mine have come like two to three weeks prior to delivery, mm-hmm. which has been just like, I think like one of my favorite parts being able to like hang out and like, oh my gosh, getting to hug them in person. Mm-hmm. Cause some of them I didn't meet until they came like for delivery. Right. So just like really wonderful to be able to like, to hug these people that you've grown a baby with to be able to like hold someone and have it be tangible and be like oh my gosh you're for real it's just so exciting but to be able to spend all of that quality time and get to show them around and to see them interact with my son and like cultivate that relationship outside of just me you know it's I'm exhausted and and they go and take him to the park, you know, Cute. and you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go take Nathan for lunch. You go have a nap. And it's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Cause like, yeah. heck I need that. And did you yeah. have them in the room with you? Oh, so would like to have. So for some of them I did, I am notorious for delivering very quickly. So with my first one, they, they were out in the waiting room and I was actually getting the epidural and while they're giving me the epidural, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's hey now, yeah. I'm pretty sure this baby's coming out. And they're like, no, we just checked you. And I was like, mm, pretty sure this baby's coming out. And they're like, okay, like we'll finish this and then we'll have you like lay back and we'll check. And then sure as heck, baby is crowning like right there. Oh and God. like three, four pushes, I think, and she was out. Oh. So they had left to go quickly get the dads and, and yeah. come back, but they had missed it, but got to be there like immediately after good, for the good. cord cutting and, and everything. <laughs> and then my second Valentina, she was uh, extra fast and decided to make her entrance uh, in the middle of the night on my living room floor. Oh, yep. I was, I was by myself and like my water broke, but I didn't have any contractions or anything. So I, I had called my partner and been like, hey, you know, it's it's four o'clock in the morning. He's at work. And I'm like, hey, like my water broke. Can you meet me at the hospital? Like I'm going to like clean myself up a little bit first Mm because I'm not having contractions or anything yet. So I'm like puttering around for probably about 10 minutes, just getting my stuff together. And I go to leave. (laughs) They start picking up and Mm -hmm. I go to leave the house and like, go outside the door, turn around, lock it, take like three steps and go, nope. Oh. And turn back around and go inside and call call for an ambulance. And I'm on the phone and I, I remember trying to like, like text my partner and be like, like not at the hospital, like still at home, like come here and like really quick because I'm on the phone with dispatch and I'm like in agony. Yeah. Like I like went from zero to 60 and like, and the poor dispatch oh. lady or whoever yeah. was probably like, and what's your address? And you're just like yeah, pushing. Totally. Like, I'm just like, I'm like this, I'm like, I'm having a baby. And they're like, okay. So like, you know, go, go lay on the bed and like grab some towels and you know, all of that jazz. And I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm gonna do that. And they're like, whatever you do, don't go sit on the toilet. And I was like, well, oh okay, but like, I feel like I got a poop. So like, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's, if this happens on the bed with towels, I'm not gonna be stoked. So that was great. The ambulance actually got lost on its way to me. So the dispatcher was like, I'm so sorry. Um, the paramedics are actually from Lumbee, so they're not really familiar with Vernon. Um, they're on their way, they just got turned around and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Um, 
I'm just going to have a baby yeah, by myself. So it's great. On your living room uh, floor. And yep. she just keeps asking, like, can you feel a head? And I'm like, no. But I, like, I'm telling you, she's like right there. And I'm yeah. like, well, if there's no head, you're probably, like, you still got some time. I'm like, okay. So my, my partner and paramedics actually show up at like the right time like at the same time they come inside like I'm on the bed they do a quick little check they're like oh there's no head right there so like let's get you up to the gurney and I'm like how much detail can it's it's kind of you can go can I go oh, okay yeah, it's embarrassing for me so yeah. like enjoy everybody else but like in the sake of you know for Honesty. transparency yeah. <laughs> I have food poisoning Okay, so let's just say that. I had food poisoning. We went to dinner the night before and it didn't sit well. So I was dealing with, with that. And so I had a bowl beside me because I felt so nauseous. And so the paramedics are here. They sit me up and they're like, we're going to get you to like down the hallway to the gurney. And I'm like, cool. I go to stand up and I'm like, oh my God. Oh no. I'm going to shit myself. And I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, I need, I need something. I grab the bowl and literally put it underneath me. Use it. Yep. Well, like my partner's beside me. I have these two strange paramedic ladies who were just like top notch. Excellent. They, they clean me up, get me down the hallway. And you know, I get like half of a butt cheek on the gurney and I go, nope, again, go down on my knees and let out one, a single like scream, not even a scream, but like, oh, like I don't even know how to describe that. And out popped a baby head. And so they're like, okay. So they push the gurney out of the way, (laughs) throw down a sheet on the floor. And I like, have you ever tried to crawl with a baby head between your legs? That's all I'm thinking right now is you just have like this. Yeah. It's not ideal. No, no. <laughs> it's not great. No. So I'm, you know, get over one more push and she is out. My partner was amazing, like was, was supporting me behind me and like had towels. But she had the perfect round head because she was only in my birth canal for like five seconds. She right. just busted out. Yeah. And so she had this like perfectly gigantic baby head little cabbage cat yeah cabbage she was patch head. and she yeah. was chonky like yeah. she was my biggest one she was 810 oh my god and like she was solid like huh. heck but as i'm like after i've delivered i am very acutely aware that i am naked don't know when that happened i'm just like okay I'm naked. But not only that, there are now two extra individuals who showed up at some point who I didn't even realize were there. So these two male paramedics had come in. Men. Because I'm in the middle of my living room. Yep. Front door is wide open. So like (laughs) anybody could see my naked body delivering a baby. Thank God it was four o'clock in the morning. Right? But like... (laughs) I mean, the neighbors are out there doing, you know, who knows what. But I'm like, I look at them and I was like, could you guys close my door? Like, you know, it's that moment of like clarity of like, I'm no longer in agony Mm -hmm. and now everything is like in focus. And I'm just very aware that I am naked and that I'm surrounded by many people and my front door is open. So I'm like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, of course. And I'm like, come on now. And then of course on top of that, there's like a crying baby. Yeah. You're like, oh my God. You're like, what is, come on now. Oh. Uh, so they get me kind of up on the gurney eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, get us up to the hospital. Uh, I hadn't delivered the placenta yet. 
Um, and uh, Valentina was having some uh, like fluid in her lungs, so mm. she was having some issues there. Um, but they they had taken care of her. Unfortunately, I was not having such a great time after after de- the delivery. I had retained placenta and. Oh, that is one of the most painful things I've gone through. What is retained? So essentially what happened for me is my placenta Mm -hmm. fused a little bit to the side of my uterus. So typically when you are done delivering and carrying a baby, it kind of just detaches, you know, it kind of gone. And mine did not. And so it did not want to separate from the wall. And so they're trying to deliver it. And this doctor is now elbow deep, no joke, yep. inside of me, trying to detach and, and pulling kind of on the cord mm-hmm. to get it to. But what's happening is it's tearing off. And so oh. I'm now hemorrhaging, yep. passing significant clots, like massive, massive clots. Mm-hmm. They had given me fentanyl to, to manage the pain, but it wasn't even, it wasn't even touching it. Yeah. And trigger warning, oh. I had been assaulted the year prior mm-hmm. and that was an incredibly traumatizing experience because I was in agony and there's this man between my legs elbow deep inside of me mm-hmm. and not listening because I'm telling him to stop like I can't do this like you need to stop and he's yeah. like I can't I'm trying to save your life and I'm like well fuck yeah. because you're you know needing to do this but I am so needing you to not mm-hmm. you know and having to push through that experience and I had to actually vocalize you know like I was assaulted and this I just need I just need 20 seconds. Just give me 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he, he did. He, Amazing. he like removed and he's like, I can't give you long. He's like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. But I took my 20 to 30 seconds mm-hmm. and was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And my partner was incredible and just like held my hand and, you know, kept telling me how much, you know, they love me. And Unfortunately, it just kept getting worse. And even after trying again, they couldn't get it. And they made the decision to rush me down for surgery to have it removed. Unfortunately, I lost a whole ton of blood, somewhere between two and three, like, liters. Um, I can't even, like, imagine the... Like, I'm trying to picture it. And even mm -hmm. just, like, picturing it is like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Like, there was just... It was just... Pouring out. I of think you. we have like yeah. four to five liters in our body. Yeah. So um, you lost so like I half, lost, yeah. if not more. And yeah. I needed a few blood transfusions afterwards. Mm-hmm. I had went into like shock, like in the like operating room and mm-hmm. stuff. But do you, yeah. Do you remember the surgery at all? Or? I remember. Ooh. You don't have to go into no, detail. No, it's okay. Yeah. It's, I went in. They they told me like, hey, you have to sign this. We're taking you in. And oh my, my partner was supposed to be able to like go down the hallway with me, but there wasn't time, and they just kind of like ran me away Mm -hmm. so I didn't get to say goodbye to him and I remember like getting a mask over my face and and lots of like movement around me Mm -hmm. and then nothing that was it and yeah coming out of that and like Mm -hmm. and and going into it like my my last thought was of my son and and my partner and not knowing if I would see them again yeah Uh, and you woke up and I woke up yeah and I got to Oh, see my partner and talk to my son and 
look at that really beautiful little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and were uh, her parents here? So it was a single gay man, and okay. yeah, he he eventually made it. I had tried like messaging while I was in labor, also oh, like 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 actively like I'm like having baby at home, you know. Yeah. But he, he did make it and took him a little bit to get up to the hospital, but eventually did and got to see his beautiful little girl. And mm-hmm. I remember a, talking to lot. my son yeah, <laughs> afterwards and, oh gosh, he was so funny. He was out at the lake with his grandparents. And I remember calling to talk to him because I just wanted to hear his, his little voice. Mm-hmm. And one of the first... One of the first things out of his mouth, because we had talked about, you know, delivering a baby, like what that looks like. It mm-hmm. could be a C-section or, you know, like a vaginal delivery. And, yeah. and he goes, mom, how big was the hole the baby came out of? <laughs> and I absolutely cackled. Like, I am, I look awful. Like, I've lost so much blood. I'm in so much pain. And my child just had me cackling. And I'm like, oh my God. And so, you know, I'm explaining that to him because we're pretty open. You know, I want him to to feel confident and comfortable asking mm-hmm. these kind of questions and understanding, you know, women's bodies and, and all and of that. And he did, but he also just had to take it. Like, yeah. The, the child just, level. Of yeah. course. <laughs> and it was just so funny because it was just, but like so pure and innocent of just like, how big was it? You know, yeah. like it's just, but he, for a good long while, anytime we'd have guests over, he would be like, that's where my mom had a baby. Like literally point to the spot on the floor. <laughs> he loved to tell that story so much. Yeah. 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 That's too funny. Was there, was it carpet or was it? Like no, that? thankfully. Oh, oh, I had it the whole time. I was like, oh, man. it was carpet, like there's just like this jacket stain on the floor. It looked like you killed someone, but I mean, yeah, you just had a baby instead. Sure. Yeah. Totally just had a baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know how to remove bodies, yeah. blood stains, <laughs> criminal minds. No, thankfully hardwood and easy to clean enough. Actually, it was really funny because my partner at the time is is a superhuman. He's wonderful, but he like cleaned up all of my poop bowl and oh. like obviously just yeeted it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, asked for a new mixing bowl for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to explain why. But cleaned it all up for me so that when I got home, I didn't have to deal with that, you know? Um, But I remember, like, trying to leave the hospital, like, a few days later and realizing I had no shoes. I had no shoes because I came in the freaking ambulance and nobody thought about shoes. No. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, how the heck do I, how do I go home? Uh, So um, my partner brought some like, I think some it was like one of his parents' pairs of shoes or something. Oh, that's something. so funny. Because he was just like up up with Nathan and, yeah. and stuff and was like, oh, I'll bring you, I'll just grab a pair. And yeah. Like, it was like Crocs or something. Whatever. Um, it's, but it's, like, it shoes. worked. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But I just remember chuckling because I was like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't think about So shoes. another weird question. I guess yeah. you, you didn't have a bag like prepared or anything, did you? No, like I had it. Like I had one prepared but it didn't have like everything in it yeah most uh, some stuff you can't pack to the yeah so like yeah. I had, like that was kind of what I was doing in like the like 10 minutes yep. of like you know <laughs> puttering around is like yeah. oh like don't forget chapstick and like oh I want fuzzy socks still you know yeah. or like throw in some snacks and yeah. stuff like that but so thankfully most of it was ready yeah but not shoes because you were i'm assuming you still were you butt-ass naked in the ambulance too oh yeah yeah so yeah. did someone bring you clothes then too yeah so okay. they yeah jordan yeah because they switched me into like a like a gown thing up oh, at the hospital yeah. like all of that so i didn't need like clothes clothes for a while anyway because i was because of the complications yeah, and stuff yeah. so 
I ended up being in that super lovely hospital gown. Yeah. So flattering. But yeah, I eventually had clothes to change into okay, and good. felt more human. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, there is no way this girl put on clothes between having a baby and getting Mm-mm. into the ambulance. And I like, wish I had time and right? the energy to put on clothes so yeah. I didn't roll up butt ass naked. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that is so, that's a wild story. But if we flash back a little bit yeah. before you gave birth to her, you actually had some struggles starting the process of getting pregnant with her. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how all of that worked for you? Yeah. So we were working with a clinic um, in Idaho, actually. Um, So that was a a weird process as well, getting um, approved to be a surrogate, uh, working with an... Uh, with a U.S. clinic. Mm -hmm. They have a little bit different protocol and requirements and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I had to lose a little bit of weight because I'm squishy. So in order to get approved for that clinic. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And we had, I think, three transfers that didn't work with Valentina before Valentina. And then we transferred two embryos on our last try. It was sort of like a Hail Mary, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, give it a go. And actually both both stuck. Wow. So and I knew immediately. I know people people say that's crazy, but I knew. I was like, Oh, it's twins. Like two days after. I was I like, it's twins. No people who have had that happen. It's crazy. Yeah. When you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was just like I felt different immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I messaged the nurse I say maybe like two two or three weeks after, just being like yeah, it's definitely twins. And there's like, she's like, there's no way you can know that. There's no guarantee. And I was like, no, it definitely is. And so we get to the ultrasound. And I remember the tech being like, oh, there's three. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what she's like, oh, but one of the sacks is empty. And I was like, girl, you yeah. got to lead with that. Like, yeah. you can't just say there's three. <sighs> the way that my heart just stops for a yeah. second. I think that you probably could have accepted. Obviously, you accepted that there could be twins. Yes. But three. But three's too many. Yeah. That's a crowd. <laughs> like, I just, I don't have the spoons for that. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there was two, Valentina, and we've just always referred to her as Baby B. And so what happened was it looks like both embryos stuck, mm-hmm. but baby B split. Oh. And so after the split, mm-hmm. baby B was like a week behind in, mm-hmm. in kind of development yeah. compared to Valentina. And so for every ultrasound, because we did quite a few because there was that kind of discrepancy between yeah. them, you know, they kind of warned us that there was the chance that, that she just might stop growing. Mm-hmm. She just might not continue to to develop and 11 weeks had an ultrasound and yeah she had stopped Mm. she had stopped growing Mm. and super crazy apparently your body just absorbs that so yeah sometimes you don't just pass you know tissue like a typical miscarriage if Mm. your body is still growing a little human mm-hmm. and so it kind of just absorbs so that grossed me out for a minute well you hear about it sometimes and people be like i ate my twin in the womb <laughs> and that yeah you're I, like rose i guess so like, like kind <laughs> of but like i don't want to think about it i know i'm like wild Ooh. but yeah so your body is incredible because like it just does that you know make sure other babies healthy and continues to grow i guess it's just like natural selection in a way too yeah right? yeah like, she just wasn't wasn't i guess quite strong enough Mm -hmm. uh but yeah that was that was a hard thing to to go through as well because oh 
to be the one to tell um, the parents. The parents. Yeah. The parent in the situation, because mm-hmm. um, he was he was very excited um, mm-hmm. about twins. Just the thought, you know, like overwhelmed for sure, but like mm-hmm. was totally on board. And by eleven weeks, you're kind of you've accepted that that's your that's your fate. That's your fate. Like yeah. you're having twins, and so to have that conversation, mm-hmm. even though we knew that it was a possibility, I guess we kind of hoped that it it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, well. I'm glad it wasn't two because delivering two babies on my living room floor would have been a lot more complicated. <laughs> yeah, so you um, probably would have been, I mean, from anyone I know that has had twins, it's like so much bed rest before. Yeah. It is, it is just like insane. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not recommended. And um, having babies early yeah, and like all of so that. So many more yeah. risks. Yeah, most clinics won't actually allow you to uh, implant two embryos at a time oh, anymore wow. um, because of the increased risks um, mm-hmm. for the surrogate and um, complications for babies Mm -hmm. and uh because a lot of the intended parents are like international getting insurance for um your baby post delivery Mm -hmm. is incredibly expensive and can be hard to find and so i I, like i've heard of of couples who've come to canada and left with a six hundred thousand dollar medical bill because they had twins in Alberta and they didn't have insurance and the babies were born very early and needed a lot of care and yeah they they ended up getting a pretty hefty hefty medical bill I mean I think it's pretty known that having a surrogate hiring someone as a surrogate Mm -hmm. is a very expensive process but I think taking on a $600,000 bill like on top of everything that you've done is probably very shocking yeah but like (sighs) Yeah, and I mean, in Canada, we actually, we are not hired. Uh, We are altruistic in Canada, so Mm -hmm. we don't actually get paid to be surrogates here. But the process is still incredibly expensive from creating embryos and, you know, like getting donors for for sperm or egg if you need it, to clinic costs, to lawyers, to the surrogates, reimbursement or travel if they have to go to a clinic, Mm -hmm. you know, out of province, childcare bed rest there's so many things involved in that that it can be you know a hundred thousand dollars sometimes significantly more I think my third couple were probably close to two hundred thousand by the end of their their journey yeah not not cheap no it's a lot that's I just it's a lot for most people to even like think about it's sad them spending that much money on something is just like mind-boggling yeah but if you want it that badly Obviously yeah, people it's just, will do it. It's just yeah. sad that we're at that place, Point. you know, yeah. like people shouldn't have to to go into debt or work four jobs to try and have a child, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when there's so many people out there who just do it willy-nilly, you mm-hmm. know, and there's resources and I feel like we should have more access to that to Absolutely. help to help cover that because being mm-hmm. a parent should be accessible mm-hmm. and it's not currently. Yeah. So this might be kind of a weird question for yeah. you, but when you've done it, is it your egg? Or no. okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me it's not. You were just the I was womb. just the oven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was their their sperm and an egg donor. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's called just gestational carrier that's just pretty basic what you're thinking of is more traditional surrogacy so that's where the surrogate would use her egg Mm -hmm. and one of the intended parents 
you know, sperm, if it's a same-sex yeah. couple or hetero couple, it would be the, the husband or partner's yeah. sperm, and, and do it that way. That's less common just because that opens up a whole bucket of worms, mm. you know, just with potential legal aspects and, and yeah. emotional connection and, and things like that can get a little bit more cloudy. Mm-hmm. So it's not done as often, but it definitely still is. And, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of women who are, who are open to it. You know, it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm not wanting any more children and, you know, I, I love these people. Like I've seen surrogates who've offered to their intended parents after, you know, they've tried a bunch of times with their embryos and mm-hmm. it didn't work and they're like well if you want like we can try it like yeah. turkey baster style if you want save some money and, and give it a go some people are on board with that because at this point they've created this really incredible relationship with this person yeah. and and could see it being like an aunt and like a really beautiful kind of thing mm-hmm. but it's not for everybody and I would definitely recommend doing a lot of research into that before yeah. making a decision and like that contracts before too oh, so like please yeah. don't don't ever go into it without a contract. Protect yourself, both ends, intended parents. Like, protect yourself and surrogate. Protect yourself. You got to make sure that you're looking looking after yourself as much as you want to help other people. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you're able to still take care of you and your family and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So that's yeah. important. Yeah. So when Valentina's dad returned to Spain with Valentina, mm-hmm. something you never expected happened. So what yeah. unfolded after they went back home? Yeah, unfortunately, her dad decided to ghost. He just kind of stopped responding. Honestly, it was like something something changed after the delivery. Prior to delivery, it was super like loving and and so sweet and yeah. very much like like your family we want you in our life forever mm-hmm. you know showed me pictures of me and my son up in in her nursery kind of mm-hmm. thing like oh, i'll see your family mm-hmm. and then after the delivery something something changed there was a different energy and i don't know if you believe much in that i don't i do necessarily know if if i do but mm-hmm. i do know that i read people's energies and and yeah. feel it and and very perceptive mm-hmm. and i had actually reached out because i had been matched already with another couple and I was talking to them and I was talking to my friends and I was like, something feels weird. Like something's wrong. And they're like, Ashley, you just had a baby. <laughs> You're emotional and hormonal. Yeah. Like don't read too much into it. And I'm like, okay. And the text just became like less frequent, even while they were here in, in like Vernon, like they would mm. be less responsive. Which is strange too. Yeah, you're, you're right here. Like I'm right here, yeah. and they had like actually taken off to like Vancouver for like a couple days without telling me first. I'm like, oh, we'll be back in a few days. We had to go do some like passport stuff, and I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. It just was a very strange kind of experience, but yeah, he he ended up just cutting contact entirely without any any conversation, any mm-hmm. explanation, which was incredibly honestly devastating to to know that there is this little girl across the world who I love so dearly mm-hmm. who, who I brought into this world and I don't know what she looks like I don't know okay. what she what she likes mm-hmm. what she finds funny does she love 
you know, bluey. Right. You know, like, does she love Peppa Pig like yeah. my other, you know, Sarah babes? And you don't really know, like, what he's telling her. Yeah. Like, if she was just adopted yeah. or, like, how all of and, that you know, worked. His yeah. choice, but I can't help but feel... Like, it was a disservice to to his daughter and to me, you know? And to him, because I feel like you're just, you're limiting your village, and mm-hmm. it takes a village, you know? I'm really big on communication. So I wish he had just reached out and said, you know, hey, I am, I am struggling with all of a sudden being a single parent and mm-hmm. getting back home and, and settling into a routine, and this feels just like too much for me to, to navigate right now. Can I reach out? later you know and I would be like a hundred percent being a parent is hard you do what you need to do for you Mm -hmm. but like I'm here and I reached out over the years just an email here and there usually on Valentina's birthday yeah just to be I don't know I think present try just to give the option because like I don't want it to ever be like well I haven't reached out so obviously she hates me and it's not gonna respond so I feel like me reaching out is just leaving that that door open enough that it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you don't have to respond, but if you ever want to, you can, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But every year for Valentina's birthday, but also for the other girls, like I'll get like a cupcake or a cake and I light a candle and I have just a few minutes of just thinking of them and sending them love and just being so thankful that I was able to bring them into mm-hmm. this world and that I get to see them grow. Yeah. So lots of love all the way across yeah. the world. <laughs> oh, it's it's so cool. Actually, when we first talked, yeah. it was a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you were in the middle of a surrogacy journey. And as soon as you told me, you were like, I want to do a maternity shoot, mm-hmm. but I'm a surrogate, so it's not my child. And I was like, hold up. Like, <laughs> there is a lot Wait, going what? on here. And then you were like, yeah, I have I have kids across the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. So usually my phone consultations are like 10, 15 minutes. I think ours was like a full hour long conversation. <laughs> it was yeah, that, long. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have been known to, to chat. That's <laughs> fine. I always leave a little bit of extra time. And especially uh, if I'm enjoying the conversation, yeah. then it's like, Okay, let's well, let's just let it fly. Yeah, absolutely. So you've also involved with families that are very private. Is there yeah. any details you can give us about that? Or yes and no. Surrogacy is is complicated in a lot of places when you are gay and and mm-hmm. things like that. So that plays into a lot of things as well of keeping things private and not posting, you know, mm-hmm. social media, things like that, just to keep them safe. Mm-hmm. But there are some couples who just it that way, you know, like mm-hmm. they're private about their journey. They're just private people. And that can be hard when you're chatty <laughs> and you want to, you know, share all of the wonderful things about this mm-hmm. incredible family and, you know, this little girl that you brought into the world. You know, I want to post, I want to post pictures when I get them and and share that. But like you have to to be mindful and respectful of, of those people's wishes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I still get lots of we talk constantly and, and lots of updates and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I still get them. Yeah. It just means I have to be, you know, careful who I do share them with. If yeah. I show someone a photo of, of my Suro babe, you know, it's gotta be someone close and you know, it's someone I trust that's not gonna do anything with it yeah absolutely and then you've gotten to spend time with yeah with one of the more private ones anyways yeah, yeah. Uh, this summer I got to go uh, to Calgary that's they're actually like originally from Canada um, okay. my last ones so one of them was here visiting family and and brought my Cero babe 
with them and so I got to spend some time and oh my gosh it was amazing <laughs> just so wonderful I got to do that a few summers ago uh, with Nomi my my third mm -hmm. uh, surrogate who is oh she's just my heart I love that little <laughs> girl so much she just is a constant source of joy for me but yeah I got to see her a few summers uh, ago as well and mm -hmm. there is something so so special uh, I actually got to see Leah my very first one as well so I've seen them all you know around around the same age actually around, oh, that's so around cool. two and three yeah which has been like so cool mm. to be able to like see them as like little people you know mm. like yes I got to you know video chat frequently and lots of photos and things but being able to like go to the park with them and mm. you know give them a bath or feed them or mm. read them stories and and just hang out and then to watch them with their dads like to watch yeah. their dad's parent and and you chuckle because you're like oh I wouldn't do it that way but like also, or you're like, ooh, I should try that, you know? Like, oh, yeah. that was great, you know? Like, there's so many different, mm -hmm. um, like, wonderful pieces to it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, this summer I got to spend a little bit of time. Uh, and it was just wonderful. It's hard when they're across the world and you don't get to see these people that you love so much. Not mm -hmm. just not just my sero babes, but, you know, all of their dads. These are... These are my family. These are my friends. You know, my third couple, Al and Shy, are are my family. Mm -hmm. Like Al is is has got to be one of my best friends. That's he so is one cool. of the first people yeah. that I I message if I'm having a day mm -hmm. or if I need advice because that that man and Shy give some of the best advice. They are so compassionate and kind mm -hmm. and so intelligent like oh my goodness but they just add so much to my life and I'm just always so thankful mm -hmm. for them and the relationship that they've helped foster with Nomi is something that I will will treasure for like the rest of my life they call me her life giver mm -hmm. I was just gonna yeah. ask like what did, what is the the name what do they yeah. call you do they call you Ashley so or like some, well Auntie Ashley or life giver or just Ashley okay yeah it's Very kind cool. of like whatever feels okay I'm good with with all of the above I just I'm just thankful I get to be mm -hmm. be in their lives even a little bit you know yeah. so and I'm in it quite a lot so that's more than I could have ever hoped yeah that's that's super cool I'm so glad that you've been able to like maintain these relationships yeah. rather than it be a like you said like of course with Valentina how yeah. it didn't end up how you want it to be but you still have the three yeah. that but you, you know get to it's not yeah it hasn't been just easy you have no. to think about like when you start, you know, dating, you know, like you're doing all that fun, getting to know you stuff, and that's great. Mm -hmm. But at, at some point, there is going to come a moment where there is a miscommunication or mm -hmm. a, a misunderstanding or you just fucked up and said something stupid, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I didn't think about that. Sorry. Yeah. You know, like that we're human beings. You got to be able to communicate with people. You got to be able to like talk about the things when you're hurt or you got to put in the work to maintain the relationships. And with my other couples, they've definitely done that. And it's been a struggle because it hasn't always been easy. Like there's been moments where we've had issues with communications or there's been complications during a pregnancy and maybe we don't see eye to eye on something. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to work through that because we value each other. We value our relationship and we know how important it is for those little girls. Um, and we put in the work to maintain it. We put in the work to show up for each other, even though we're across the world from each other, mm -hmm. we still show up. And um, 
it's just so important. So I would I would do the work over and over and over again for them. Oh, that's that's super cool. So what was the push to start your own agency? Because I did mention that at the beginning, but we haven't gone into that since. So yeah, Ashley has begun her own agency this year in 2023. This episode might come out in 2024. It's just around Christmas time. So shit's a little crazy. (laughs) Fair. But yeah, what was the big, what was the big push? What made you want to do this? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've, I've thought about it for years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like years and years. I've been with a few different agencies and it felt like something was missing. We had some some challenging relationships with the agencies. My intended parents specifically uh, did not feel the level of, of support and mm. care that they deserved, you know, through miscarriages or failed transfers and not having anybody like reach out and, and check in mm. to mass produced emails where you're getting emails that are for the wrong person, you oh. know, <laughs> to, to having, you know, personal information shared with you about somebody else that you don't even know, you know, like super unethical kind of stuff that was just like, what is happening here? Yeah. And after I had a miscarriage over last Christmas, actually, like actively miscarrying Christmas day, I didn't receive the level of care that I felt I needed and mm-hmm. deserved. And now um, I'm a counselor by day. So, you know, I have a lot more skills to pull from than than just anybody, mm-hmm. um, but I still struggled. And it felt like there was something, like something missing, like a personal level of care. And I didn't want to feel like a number. I didn't want to feel like I was a paycheck. I didn't want my intended parents to feel like that. And so I said, fuck it. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to open my own agency that is is focused on support, like personalized support, not mm-hmm. a general one-size-fits-all mass-produced support. I want to know I want to know who you are. I want to know the struggles that you've been through in your life so that I can show up for you and remind you that you've got through that before that you can get through this again. Here's how you got through that. Show me your your tools. Mm-hmm. How do you take care of yourself? What how, what do you do for self care? Mm-hmm. You know, what's your support system like? How do you respond to like like communication? Like, do you prefer phone calls? Do you prefer video? Do you prefer email? How frequently do you feel like you need check ins? Because that's different. Mm-hmm. Some surrogates are, you know, I've done this before. I don't need you to reach out and it's super annoying when you do could you not you know and and there's some who are like hey I want to message you every single day because this is a lot and I just also feel like I need a friend and I'm like cool that's great too Mm -hmm. but I want to know I want to know how to show up for you Mm -hmm. in a way that resonates for you I want to show up for my intended parents in a way that that matters to them you know the intended parents that I'm working with currently are are phenomenal and I've, I've received such wonderful feedback from them of, you know, we're doing our, our intake calls and they're like, Ashley, nobody has ever asked us these questions before. Mm-hmm. No one's ever asked us about our, our love languages and, and how we, we love each other as, as partners or how our understanding of love languages works. And if you have a surrogate whose, you know, love languages is acts of service or, or say gifts, how do you show up for them if you're across the world? Um, if your surrogate is words of affirmation, how do you how do you show up for them? What does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Are you open to 
um, guidance on that and, and support? Are you open to, um, you know, putting in the work and, and cultivating this relationship? And the same goes for my surrogates. I don't just take everyone who applies to be a surrogate. A lot of agencies do because surrogates are hard to find. Mm-hmm. But I want, I want surrogates and intended parents who who want a community, who want to show up for each other, mm-hmm. who who know how to laugh and, and find the joy in the small things and and who want to come over and have potlucks yeah. and hang out and share stories and connect and let's have a bottle of wine and, and sing some karaoke when you're not pregnant. You know, <laughs> like let's let's live life, let's make a community and mm-hmm. and let's make sure that we are all willing to communicate and put in the work and and be open and hold space for each other and so my agency is is very small we're keeping it small so that i can follow every every journey and be present for all of those moments all of the holy shit like yes you know like we got through screening and yes like transfer and shit it didn't work okay all right, let's take deal? a minute, let's yeah. hold some space, yeah. and then let's regroup. You want to jump right back into it? Fuck yeah, let's do it. You yeah. want to wait a couple months? Cool, I got you. I want to I want to be present. I want nobody at my agency to ever feel like they're doing this by themselves because bringing a child into this world is one of the most intimate, powerful, beautiful moments that anybody's ever going to experience. So that should be treated with a, a level of care and, and compassion that I feel like has been missing and that I hope that I can mm-hmm. I can provide. Yeah, I mean, something you said earlier, too, was that a lot of agencies will just look at it as a paycheck. Yeah. And as you mentioned, in Canada, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, that the surrogate themselves can get uh, reimbursements for things, yeah. and that's about as far as that yeah. goes. Hey? Yeah. So, yeah, in Canada, you can get reimbursed for pregnancy-related expenses. So, like a portion of your groceries, you know, uh, mileage to and from appointments, mm-hmm. gym membership, part of your internet. Um, I'm trying to think here, like there's quite a few different little things that that mm-hmm. you know we we sit down and and we go through it and, and calculate the percentages of what you know is allowable and what's not kind of per surrogate. It goes by contracts and things as well. Right. So it kind of varies person to person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, there's no like big paycheck at the end of it or a brand new car or <laughs> something like that. That's not the case. These individuals who are who are being surrogates are are just superhumans, mm-hmm. you know, who are like, hey, I wanna I wanna help somebody mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do this and I'm doing it because I care about them you know Mm -hmm. the reimbursements help for sure like let's be honest if i'm getting reimbursed for a portion of my groceries that's a portion of my groceries that i'm saving money on Mm -hmm. so like in a time where where things are costing an arm and a leg yeah that can that can definitely help i'm one of those people that that advocate for for our surrogates to to try and and benefit from this because everybody else does Mm -hmm. you know like the lawyers make money the clinics make money the agencies also me also Mm -hmm. make money you know like yes we put a lot of work in and we should be compensated for our time Mm -hmm. but are you fucking kidding me that surrogate is the one who's putting in all the work all the time yeah and and having a lifelong toll on their body so they should be taken care of um i'm not saying like in the states it's it's 
for compensation and, and that's wonderful. I feel like for so many, it helps so many individuals be able to like move forward in life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it takes away from the gift by being compensated for it. You know, um, it, it doesn't mean that you're doing anything less wonderful or Mm -hmm. impactful as long as you're going into it with the right reasons and that you're, you're wanting to help somebody there's nothing wrong with also wanting to help yourself at the same time. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's too much to like not get something. Yeah. Something so like, besides being able to yeah. have so a like, child for someone. Get yeah. your groceries reimbursed and, mm-hmm. and put that little bit of money that you're saving um, from your groceries away and, mm-hmm. and do something with it. You know, like why not? Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing something huge. That's changing somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Change yours in the process. Do yeah. something that helps you grow. I went back to school and became a counselor while I was pregnant with my third surrogate. Oh, wow. I am so grateful for the experience because it has helped shape my life in so many impactful, beautiful ways. So, like, why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in the notes that you gave me before I made up all of the questions for mm-hmm. our little interview today, you talked a little bit about your childhood and growing up in... Yeah. You know the foster system so we haven't talked about this yet but yeah. if you want to we can Ooh. yeah 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 okay well <laughs> what do you want to know i guess basically so you grew up in the foster system and then when you became a parent that mm-hmm. you fell in love with wanting to be a parent and giving that gift to other people yeah. meant a lot and i guess from having that type of childhood being in so many different homes and stuff and knowing that you were giving people a child that they really wanted and mm-hmm. going to a loving home that probably meant so much to you hey yeah yeah I bounced around a lot of different homes a lot of abusive homes and some wonderful ones too and oh gosh when <laughs> I when I held my son for the first time that feeling that I get to see with my intended parents I felt for myself and I don't think I ever fully understood what it meant to love somebody or to to know a love like that because I didn't have it. I didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that example before me all the time. And so I held him and it was like the world stopped. It was like all of the anger and resentment and heartache that I have held on to since I was a child like melted away. There was just this little gift, this little person who needed me to show up for him, who needed me to be better than everybody else was for me. You know, I needed to be the parent that I, that I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, do I make mistakes constantly, like all the time, but I'm accountable and I own it. And we talk about it and being a parent has been, Oh, just the best thing that I've, that I've ever done in my life. Nathan is this incredible human and I am so excited to see what he does with, (laughs) with his life. And, and being a parent is, is one of the biggest driving forces for me to be a surrogate, being able to experience that joy and that love and that exhaustion (laughs) and being able to, to help other families experience that, to, to bring a child into the world, knowing without a doubt that they are wanted and loved and valued and cherished and accepted immediately 
is so beautiful mm-hmm. knowing that there are so many little kids out there young and old in the foster system or not you know who are at home not being loved and appreciated and valued and that breaks my heart and for me it feels so healing to bring these these beautiful little little babies into the world and knowing that that's not the case for them mm-hmm. that they're so loved and cared about and i feel like that heals a little piece of my heart that mm-hmm. i guess your inner child in a way yeah hey? yeah yeah so. Oh, that's so amazing. So what can you tell us about your agency? What's its name? Where can people find you? All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we are all together surrogacy. So you can, you know, look us up on the interweb, uh, <laughs> you know, altogethersurrogacy.ca or on Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff. I would love if you guys have any questions or just curious even if you're not considering doing it for yourself, if you just have questions or just want to know more, I love to talk about surrogacy. I love to talk about my my story because it's just such a huge part of my life. And I just, I love getting the opportunity to share something so impactful. Please reach out. Our email is also altogethersurrogacy at gmail.com. Yeah. Probably. But like, we'll add it in. We'll get Sierra to like- I'll put it in the show put notes. The, put yeah. the thing there. Yeah. But as you can see, that's not my- my area of yeah. expertise <laughs> but no i would love to love to chat guys so please feel free to reach out yeah so that is everything we have for today so thank you so much for listening and have a great and wonderful day bye, bye.